and a half. Boom! All right, there it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting out in the industry, there's so much to learn from today's guest, his journey, and his expertise that we just got to get this show started. So let's get this one going. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Plus. All right, ladies and gentlemen, today we have a remarkable guest with us who is a creative entrepreneur in the real estate and hospitality industry. Known for acquiring 60 properties using Airbnb arbitrage method, this episode we're going to dive into his journey to building iStay USA and providing guests with an unforgettable stay and experience. So join us as we explore the world of creative real estate, entrepreneurship, Airbnb arbitrage, and the art of curating unforgettable stay experiences. So let's get this one started. I want to welcome to the show Mr. Richie Matthews. Wow. Right, yeah, man, let's get this thing going, dude. You got, you're doing some cool stuff and I'm excited to hear all about it. And you know, the first question I always ask is always about the self-promotion. We got to get that out of the way, right? You're here to promote something. So what is it that you do, my friend? So my, my, my quest in life is growing my, my community online in, the, in our private Facebook group, Creative Airbnb. So it's uh, the seven-figure Airbnb on a, is the handle itself. Uh, it's a private Facebook community. You answer a few questions. We just want to make sure you're a good match for us and we're a great match for you. And inside of that, we're hosting free webinars and there's all kinds of other people that are providing tips and value to other people looking at the creative Airbnb experience, creative Airbnb, basically meaning, you know, the traditional way of getting an Airbnb is you buy a property through a bank. So whether you're creative financing or you're co-hosting or in our case, rental arbitrage, which is subleasing properties, that's the community where people are trying to get in on the, the, uh, the, the Airbnb uh, world. So let me ask you, dude, uh, when people are going to join this Facebook group, by the way, you guys can look up that Facebook group. It's at Seven Figure Airbnb. Uh, when they go there and you have those pre-qualifying questions, who's that target audience for? Who is a good fit to learn about Airbnb arbitrage? People who currently uh, don't own property, don't sublease property yet, that are curious, but that they they know about the model. They're just curious about it. Great, great people to have in the community because they ask great questions. People who own property, who have heard or are looking for the cash flow or the cash on cash return that this industry is known for, um, right? If you think about it this way, if you own a property, what's the benefit? The benefit is amortization, potential equity, appreciation. It's an asset. It's something that you're looking to gain wealth over time. It's typically not the cash flow. The cash flow you get from it is an ancillary benefit. It's usually not much because of the massive amount of money you have to need to put in on a deal like that. So when you're doing rental arbitrage, you're basically just putting, you're paying for furniture, perhaps a deposit. Um, and we negotiate our first month's rent free typically to get in. That's the only way I was able to scale to over 60 properties. And so for that reason, owners, because they kind of get the game, 
um, they're in there to kind of improve their game. How do I, you know, how do I optimize my prices? How do I hire housekeepers? I, all the stuff to to improve their profitability. So we love getting people who own the, uh, their property because they know half of it. And obviously people that are new to this. We also get a ton of people in the rental arbitrage space that have one or two units and they're looking for tips on how they can scale. Hey, where do I hire my housekeeper? Or how do you design your properties? I have no design experience. And so we have a bunch of other people that have you know experience in those various realms that are, are very willing to give away information. So that's what the, that's what a community is all about, right? And the, so we call it the face the the creative Airbnb family. So once they get in there, there's all kinds of value you get, and then ultimately over time, we're hoping that you also provide some value to others by giving your insight and experience to others. All right, dude, you look pretty smart. You got the glasses on. You look like you're highly <laughs> educated. You must have had like some huge educational background to be going into this Airbnb arbitrage, right? Tell me a little bit about your education background. Zero, zero, zero. When it came, oh, so I'll tell you, you're gonna, you're gonna. This is a crazy story. So for for a long time, for just about ten years, my wife and I produced festivals big outdoor food festivals the in we had a, we were we were um we were immersed in it we represented clients and ultimately we we created our own company and, and created our own festivals food events mostly some music events and others it's a very seasonal business so a lot of our 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 income takes place in the summer and spring so we were looking to offset that plus it's a very topsy turvy industry i didn't know it then but I now know I was trading my time for money. I worked for myself. I gave myself a 15 hour a day job. If I removed myself from the equation, the business went to nothing, right? That's not really a business. If you think about it, I never knew that my whole life, my adult life, I've done those kinds of businesses. So we wanted something, a little side hustle thing, if there is such a thing anymore, right? So we found, we knew a little bit about Airbnb because we own properties and all that. We heard about arbitrage, was very skeptical. But I gave it a shot after looking at it closer. And in March of 2020, we started off, or sorry, February 2020, we started our first. It immediately cash flowed. I knew nothing. I don't know how to speak to guests, hire housekeepers, design all that stuff. Still, it worked because those were the times then. It's not necessarily how you need to operate these days because it's very, it's much more competitive. However, the next month, COVID hit wiped all of our events. Our biggest festival of the year was in downtown LA, the Latin Food Fest. We, it was an eighth annual event, hugely successful, gone. So was the next festival. So was the next one in Dallas and Miami. We were staring into the abyss. I have kids. So out of sheer, you know, I, you could say I was super smart and all that. It wasn't. It was desperation. We scaled that business because we saw what we did. So we picked up 18 apartments in 12 months hit our first six-figure month in March of 2021, 13 months into this. I was doing it all myself, incorrectly, getting bad reviews, hired professionals, not a property management company because they charge way too much, hired my own team. We built it and slowly, not right away, but in the summer of 2021, I removed myself from the operations. And that's when I said, holy cow, uh, if you're the owner <laughs> You don't have to be doing everything. And so uh, I now it's as passive as a business can be because I don't really believe in that term, but I don't do anything in the day to day. So since since that summer, I moved myself out. We doubled. We went within four, within another 12 months. We had another 27 properties. And now we have over 60 properties on Airbnb, all apartments, by the way. And so, no, to your question, my experience in this world has always been about 
um, public relations and events and that sort of thing. But I have had no formal hospitality training or anything around that. It was basically just collaboration, trial and error and, um, and luck. But, but now I recognize certain conditions in the market that exist where are optimal times to get in more units like now, for instance, and some other things that I recognize. And I learned a whole bunch. Um, you know, I, I'm of the opinion that one doesn't necessarily need a formal education. There's a thing called, you know, the, the street smarts. And also you can just learn. I read a lot. You learn from other people. There's this thing called YouTube <laughs> and there's communities like ours where people with zero experience, but they have all the will and the, and the, and the effort behind them. So, so that's, that's my story. Dude, that's, a, that's impressive. But I also kind of want to go back to the scary times, uh, COVID hits and you're in a very people friendly type business and all of it gets shut down, dude. You're staring at the abyss of like, what the hell am I going to do? Yeah, uh, yeah. there's a lot of entrepreneurs who would have folded at that point and you kind of, you kind of kept going. And then the other thing that you said about that is when you first started in this space, you were leasing everything out, doing it all yourself, making a ton of mistakes and getting bad reviews. There's so many people out there that won't start because they don't know everything, because they're afraid to make some of those mistakes, especially public ones. Those reviews, I know they don't seem like a big deal, but for a lot of people, those are big ego punches when you get a bad review. Yeah. And here you are going out there, making those mistakes right off the top and learning, but earning at the same time. Uh, what would you say to somebody who's getting started today? I mean, I know you say this in your groups all the time, but it, for the people who are listening, if they're going to get started today, it's not 2020 anymore. Uh, you said it's competitive in this Airbnb arbitrage. What advice would you give them if they're getting started? So, so one of the things is if, if it, you have to do your homework, it's not like I just dove into it head first without any thought or process. I, I recognize that after that first one, and actually, by the way, we had closed in March on another one. It was just getting going. Um, and I, and I had negotiated with the building, rent concessions, which I'll get into in a minute. It's basically an, a marketing tool that a lot of apartments, uh, multifamily owners use to entice people to lease from them when the their occupancy is low. And we saw that in that year. And we actually are seeing it again now in some markets, not everywhere. So I you know, I had the wherewithal to negotiate ahead of time. Hey, I'm going to take a bunch of units from you. Let's do four or five. Um, I'm going to start with one. And it was an experiment. And, um, and once we did that, I started going. But when I mean, you have to remember, and I'm not obviously alone here. There are, think about March and April. No one knew what the heck was going on. Um, and, you know, no one, you know, there's some people who think they did. I did. And I thought, hey, I naively thought our events would come around again and so forth. Um, but then I looked at what our burn rate was on our for our household. And I realized, wow, we've got to do something to offset what we're going to, we're going to run out in a year or so. And then we're going to have to sell stuff. And it was desperate. I had, we have, you know, we live in Southern California. I have, you know, friends of ours that had retail and they moved, they up and rooted their upper, they were in private schools and a great lifestyle. They moved. There was, they're not uncommon, right? It was a crazy time. So I said, okay, we're going to either do, we're either going to make this happen or we're just going to wait and wait for stuff to happen. And I'm not, that's a, that's not my personality type. And B, I would, I would suggest, and I say this to people all the time that if you have done your homework and you, and you see other people doing something and you believe you can achieve that, you're like, okay, that guy didn't, doesn't have a PhD or does, I don't need to be an engineer. This business, by the way, is a, the barrier to entry is low 
which is a double-edged sword. It's low, meaning you can get in with not much. You don't have to have super training. There are tools out there to help you price, you know, build your team, um, you know, design. There are those tools available. But the double, the other bad side of the double-edged sword is that some people come in and think that's the, the standard, the minimum standard they need to operate in. How uh, Airbnb operated in 2017, 18, and 19 you could just throw a, a property on Airbnb and do fairly well. These days, it's a, it's any business that's entering its maturity, or I would even say adolescence. So in three years from now, I think the game will really be changed. I think this will be a serious for, for serious players only. Right now, 70% of hosts that are on Airbnb only are on one other platform like Verbo. If you think about this for a minute, name an industry where you don't have to market. And the answer to that is clearly none. And Airbnb up until now is you throw, you give your business to Airbnb. They hook you up for a 3% charge. They pay the get, they charge the guest 15% and you can do really well. We were only on Airbnb in March of 2021, had a six figure month. I got to keep half because I didn't have a team. So my margins were crazy high. Think about that. I never made 50 grand in a month net. And, and, and you could do that just from giving your business to an entity like Airbnb. It's, it's changed now. So Google is in the game. There's all these different platforms. My point is, is that like any new industry, it's great to ride the wave in the beginning, but then try to think down the line. What do you think this business is going to look down in a few minutes? I would say act. At the very minimum, act meaning take your time and start consuming content, read some books, listen to some people, join a community, figure out if you think that the allocation of time is realistic, if you think you could do an hour a day or whatever it takes to get in a certain business. And if the barrier to entry is as low as it still is in this one, in rental arbitrage, and if this is largely legal in 80% of American cities right now, obviously that number is going to go up, right? There, there are clearly going to be more regulations in most municipalities, and that's typically the governing bodies, then go for it. There are not too many industries that I know of where you can plunk down six grand in furniture and a $300 deposit and get it back in a month and then use that capital to add, to get another and then take the capital from those two and get another or three more and so on. Um, I'm not advocating for people to throw it up, get 10 units at once and, and do it that way. I say do it one or two at a time like I've done. My first yeah. 12 months was 18 units. That's 1.5 units a month. So it's that's all I'm saying. And if you can point to another industry where that you won, then someone, a neophyte that has zero experience. By the way, I would even argue that I have not only zero experience, I have less experience because my natural personality isn't very accommodating. I, I When I, a guest would argue with me about, hey, there's not enough towels, I'm not the right person for that. So I have to hire, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you, hospitality is a, is a skill. And so you have to hire someone that's willing to be patient and all that. So I was actually less than less than zero. So it took me a year, found a team. I, all of our, our front desk is overseas in the Philippines. They're the greatest, we have the greatest team over there. They run 80% of our, our business, including the turnovers and all that stuff that we have. They created a shorthand between the housekeepers that we have in San Diego and the Philippines, they created their own shorthand so they can get to the point quicker. It's pretty cool that, but now we have a we have a real a real. It's small. We're only sixty plus units, but it's a it's it's a real deal, and it's endured many different market cycles since we started a few years back. 
No, dude, and and that's the thing. Growing a little bit at a time is is key, especially when you don't absolutely know what you're doing. But once you've figured out the process, adding and replicating that, the scalability of it is much easier going forward. Now, you're in a unique situation with your group. Uh, you get to talk to different people who are get, just getting started, but also people who have been in the space for a while. Um, what are some of those common mistakes that people make when they get into this industry that yeah. really hold them back from either growing or maybe even uh, getting started? Or what are the, some of those mistakes? So, so one of them is I can acquire by purchasing or even arbitrage a property, and because I I have a W two or because I just don't know how to manage or speak to guests like I didn't, I'm going to hire a property manager. And I'm sorry, property managers out there, you've got a great uh, 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 business, but the model is broken if you're charging 30% gross revenue. You're basically my partner, you know, at 30%. I mean, that's, you know, if you're a Hollywood agent, you'll make 30%. <laughs> and so if you're charging someone 30% and you, you have 20 different clients, I mean, come on, if something happens in the unit, you're not, you're not treating it like it's, like it's yours. So my point is that the alternative is what? I do it myself or I build a team. So I did the last two. I did it myself way past when I should have done it. I should have at like door four hired my operations manager, Eric, instead of 18. I'm counseling people now do that at door, door one. Um, if you can. And so my point is, is that property hiring a private property manager immediately. Now, who knows, maybe they're going to fix their pricing module and they'll get it down to 10%. My labor costs are 9%. My, mm -hmm. my operational labor costs are nine. If you can compete with that, then we have something to talk about. I still think internalize it. You have your own team. It's your own community, your own culture. It, you have your own people. You take care. We have VAs in the Philippines who are on maternity leave and they're part of our team. Their government pays maternity leave, but not for people who work from home. So what are we supposed to do? Just because they they don't live here and they're not part of our local team, we don't treat them that? Like, no. So we create our own culture. I think the value of that is, um, is huge. And so outsourcing cleaning services to a company, every time they send you a cleaner, they send a different person. That's not good. Outsourcing your service to a VA service. There's some good ones out there, but I'd rather hire and train our own people, which I don't do. Eric does hire on train our own people, housekeepers, our, our property, our operations team, and, and so on. If we can do, even if we're working in different areas. So to your question, I think the biggest mistake is thinking that as an operator, you can outsource everything. I say, do it yourself. And it's not that difficult. You can do it all internally. It does take a little bit of thought and process. You can follow other people's models. I let my kind of share mine completely. In fact, I did a Zoom yesterday. Some people said I gave away too much information. I had a 45-minute Zoom and I handed over my playbook. Big deal, right? If you have a limited mindset, that would be a problem. But I don't. I mean, there's, you know, if, if someone can, in the, in the end, if someone says, hey, wait, I, that's not how we hire our people over here. And they give me, I get more information in my Facebook group than I give actually. And so if you're, um, if you're starting to do this, I would suggest that you try to internalize it, do your first unit. And then if you're going to pick up more from that, whether you're buying or arbitraging, then from there, you can slowly start bringing in an operations person to take you out of the middle equation. And then once you're out of that, you can pick and choose what you want to do in the company. I like acquisitions. I like to negotiate with uh, leasing offices. So I stay in that. That's on, but not really in. And um, other things I don't really do anymore. I shouldn't be doing design anyway. 
I used to FaceTime my units for my sister who would help me out. <laughs> I'd get on Pinterest and go, wait, I what am I going to do in this unit? So, <laughs> it, it, and by the way, you want to hear a funny story? So, you know, when you live in a place, your design is going to be different than an Airbnb. An Airbnb is really to, to capture someone's attention. So we do, uh, my design is terrible. So I would do obnoxious accent walls thinking they look great. But in the end, they looked awful, but they would capture people's attention on Airbnb. So we got book, we got clicks for that. And so we now have a signature in our units where we're creating an accent wall that allows people to, to stop their scrolling on an Airbnb or Verbo or wherever and we go in there. But I learned the hard way that if you're not good at design or good at those things, bring in other people that are good at that. I need an Instagrammable spot, man. That's what it really needs, right? So that you, you get those shares. People want to go and take pictures in those spots. Those accent walls yeah. might just do the trick for sure. All right. Yeah. Well, look, there's, there's a bunch of different places that you can go to learn about this stuff. Uh, but you guys are doing it successfully. You're doing it at, at a high level and you're sharing that information with people. And I, I agree with you, giving people that value, your entire playbook, it doesn't really affect you because A, I mean, for the most part, 90% of the population, even if you give them the step-by-step, -step, aren't going to do it in the first place. But B, there's more than enough business to go around. Uh, I mean, you can't, you, one person can't obviously take everything look at how successful you've been with 60 properties uh and that's that won't even scrape the surface of what the travel industry needs at all that's right so you're, you're you're literally giving people an opportunity uh what do you feel like that people look to you as what you do best when they come to your group and they when they learn from from your team what is it that you feel you do best that they want to come learn about if, if, first of all, I'm very, I'm transparent. And so I, I kind of, I spill the beans on all our processes. I don't really get into tactics as much. I do talk about strategy. I, I have a very sharp opinion about what this industry should be and what it, it has been. Everyone's called this the vacation travel industry and, and it isn't. So the way we, so I can't operate. And so if you go down to the, the, the top Airbnb markets, Anchorage, Jackson Hole, Napa, all these places, I wouldn't be able to operate there because I'm looking for apartments that are mid-scale, perhaps upscale, that are that are sub-markets outside cities. And the reason why I did that is because during COVID, business travel went to zero. Vacation travel took it on the chin, but we were getting nurses and teachers and others. So I realized that the travel industry are just more than uh, families coming to stay at an Airbnb at the beach. Um, and so for that reason, I needed year-round vacation travel, so four seasons, I also needed a robust business economy in the area. So people were coming for a few days at a time, independent of the reason why people come for vacation. So they were coming for business. And thirdly, and very importantly, the midterm rental market is huge. So there's at least two tier one or tier two hospitals without getting too much into the weeds. What that means is being a big hospital. So, so I need a couple hospitals, a university, convention center, so now I have three traveler groups coming to a market. So if another, you know, COVID or whatever happens, or if the economy takes it on the chin and vacation travel pulls back, I still have other two other traveler groups there and even part of vacation travel. And so for that reason, I think that the, the, the business is entire, has entirely changed. And, and I think at least for the model that I operate in, it's, we're not, this isn't vacation travel only. I mean, we do depend on them. They're about half our business. And so just like any business, you want to diversify, you want to diversify off Airbnb for direct booking or multi-channel. You want to diversify from one particular traveler group. 
and, and go on. And that's something I wasn't thoughtful enough. I just discovered it. I had to survive at 50% occupancy during COVID when most hotels were out of business by the government and most uh, uh, hosts sat it out. So we were like, okay, we're not crazy. We're desperate. So we we did it and we figured it out then. I also couldn't afford to pay a, a property manager 30% or 25%. So we had to do it ourselves. So all of that stuff was born out of, we had to make it work. One of the big um, benefits I had from the event production days is in order to put a, put up an event, you have to be on budget. You had mm-hmm. to, it just wouldn't happen. And, and so I knew that my furnishings and all that, I had to come in. It used to look like an Ikea explosion in my, in my units. Now, now it's a little bit better, but in the day, back in the day, when you could get away with that and people would stay with you, then, then I would just, you know, I was at five, $6 a square foot. So we would, we would, we would furnish them cheaply. And then in order, you know, in order to get paid back. But man, I remember, um, I'll tell you, in, in August of 2020, we had our, our ninth unit and it was uh, three different buildings, same owner. We were able to scale with one yes. And our number was was 1,500, 15,000, 14, 15,000. That's what we needed to live. I mean, for our whole life. And we got it in August. And I said, holy smokes, we're here. And so we continued after that. Now I should have got a team at that point, but I continued after that. And since then we've gone through a lot of different market cycles. So I'm very bullish on this, on this market sector. But what someone can see in me is that, look, if he can do it, I can do it. Because again, A, I'm older. B, I have zero experience in this. But I did have determination. I did piece together content online, thanks to some some YouTubers that were free with their information. They would just readily give it away. And so I would take my notepad and, and get to work on everything from hiring even my hourly biz, uh, hourly pay of paying housekeepers was I borrowed that from someone else instead of paying them by the job and all these little things you can do. So all I'm saying is if if you believe this is for you, think about what the risk is to do one unit. If you can negotiate it correctly, and a lot of apartments are offering low deposit, and many of them, especially in this economy, are offering rent concessions, four weeks free rent up front, sign a 12 month lease. What's your risk? Let's think about it for a second. The risk are two. Well, they're they're the the amount of money you're going to spend on your furniture and they're the duration of the lease. So you're 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 on that lease. Now, if you're doing a corporate lease, okay, well your company's on the hook for it. But we negotiated early termination clauses in the beginning. And here in California, a very tenant-friendly state, like it or not, the a lot of leases by default have language in there that allows you out of it. I don't know if most people know that. Mm. So 90 days, okay, that's my risk. And guess what? The government is so nice. They give us 100% uh, deduction year one in furniture if it's in a rental. doesn't matter if you own it or not. So where's the risk? So what's your risk? And so then if you do the numbers and you're not just throwing, um, you know, you're not throwing spaghetti at the wall and you believe that there are other operators that are doing this well and you think you can beat them. You're looking at their Airbnb and they have kind of so-so photos and they're doing well. You know, I have a, of a method, a very specific method using research tools, but that's basically our formula. We look for markets where there's a need for more supply. We come in, beat the average host in that market, operate at scale, replicate the process. And uh, from the first unit we picked up, $4,800, $300 deposit, $4,500 worth of furniture, four weeks rent concessions. I got in $4,800 from that capital 
we were able to scale after that. And I only did it when I got paid back um, because I had to. I had yeah, to. You had to recoup. You had to recoup funds. Man, Richie, so much information packed in like less than 30 minutes, dude. You, I mean, there's so much more that people can learn from. If they want to find out more about how to do this, what your playbook is, learn from other people in that community, how can they do that one more time? So you can go to Creative Airbnb. The they're, You're going to throw up the handle on there. It's Seven Figure Airbnb. Or you can email me, rich at istayusa.com. Istayusa is our hospitality company. You can even click on it and stay with us. <laughs> but rich at istayusa.com. Throw me a question. Um, I'll be able to answer it. I get back to everybody same day. Most likely I'll invite you to the Facebook community where you can ask the general discussion and other people can give you a different perspective in the group too. Boom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, look, Airbnb, I know there's there's certain states with rules that are cutting things off, but look at how he's playing the game. It's different. It's a little bit in, it's, it's still in the Airbnb space, but it's just in a little bit different niche. And that's super cool to diversify your income within a niche makes it so much better. And you're learning from people that are already doing it. People who are successful at what they do. Richie's literally showing you guys his entire playbook and he's an open book. So reach out to him one more time. His email is rich at istayusa.com or go join the Facebook group, Seven Figure Airbnb, and get on it. I mean, you want to make some money with a little bit of risk up front, learning the way he's done? Look, I get it. You're scared. You're going to make some mistakes. But if you have mentors like Richie there, you're going to cut those mistakes a lot smaller. And the investment, like you said, it's not very much. So, Richie, thank you very much for coming on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll awesome. catch you guys on the, on the next one. Peace. Thank you. Out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.